Mr. Kandiaka, are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Okay, please uh, take the mic. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Please, may I ask uh, to be given the permission to share my screen? Uh, just a moment. It's going to be enabled for you. Okay, while, that, while I'm waiting for that, good afternoon once again. And I appreciate the opportunity given to me to be able to speak with my colleagues out there. So, and I hope we'll be able to have an exciting moment to share and learn because in as much as I'll be sharing certain things with us, I'm looking forward to getting feedback from you as well. I'm looking forward to your own opinion about uh, things that I'll be sharing with you. So I'll be making use of the chat box a lot. So I'll be sharing my screen, we'll be talking, and at the same time, I'll be expecting feedback from you via the chat box so as to make this as interactive as possible. Yes, I know we're using our uh, video conferencing half. I'm hiding behind my keyboard here, and you're probably several miles away. But at the same time, we still need to make it as interactive as possible. So while I'm waiting for the screen sharing um, to be enabled from my hand here, so today we are going to be discussing teachers' competence in the post-COVID-19 era, the 21st century skills in teacher education. 21st century skills in teacher education. So we'll be dissecting this topic together. Like I said earlier, I won't be doing this alone. We're going to be looking at the topic together. We're going to be sharing our experiences. We're going to be uh, dropping messages every now and then in the chat box for us to go uh, over together so that at the end of the day, we will have had a wonderful learning experience. So I am also a teacher. Maybe while uh, Mrs. Rafael was doing the introduction, maybe she didn't mention that. I'm also a teacher. I am still a teacher anyway, although in the last few months, I now have moved away from the classroom to an extent. So, but at the same time, I'm focusing more on teacher education and, and interventions as regards um, ed tech in secondary or primary uh, schools. So, the topic once again, I'm still not uh, allowed to share my screen. Is the teachers' competence in the COVID nineteen era? So while I'm waiting for that to settle, I have the first question on my screen here that I would love us to just respond to in the chat box. Uh, the number one question I put here is, who owns the learning in the classroom? So that's the number one questions. Number one question rather, who owns the learning in the classroom? So I need you to drop your response to the chat box. Who owns the learning in the classroom? That's the first question. The second question is, what is the role of the teacher? What is the role or what are the roles of the teacher? The number three question, what is the role of the students in the class? And the last question, what improvements would you make today? What improvements would you make today? So I'll just drop the question in the chat box so that you'll be able to see the questions. So let's quickly respond to that while the screen sharing is still being sorted out. So number one question I said, who owns the learning in the classroom? Number two, what is the role of the teacher? Number three, what is the role of the student? And the last question, what improvements would you make 
today in your class. So thank you, Wesinwa. The role of the teacher is to guide the child's exploration, observation, and learning. As officer, the student owns the learning, okay? EdTech, the student owns the learning. Thank you for the feedback. So we all agree that the students own the learning and that's our roles. Okay, so we also said the child owns the learning in the classroom. Okay, and then our role as a teacher is to be the guide by the side. So thank you for that. Um, Mrs. Rofia, the screen sharing is still not up. Okay, I'm trying to get the technician to do, to do it. Okay, all right. Oh, Zachariah, Zachariah said to impart knowledge and guide the student. So that, that's nice. So we do all these that the student owns uh, the learning, the teacher should be the guide by the side and on the stage by the stage. We should, our role is not just to stand at the class and then give out instructions and the students are forced to listen to us without questioning our opinions or our own ideas or our own uh, definition of things or opinion about whatever we do in the class. No, our role should be the guide by the side to help the students spark their curiosity, to drive their creativity. Okay, so from there now, I have on my screen here that the world of the future looks very different for our students. So I'm trying to lay the foundation before we jump right into what the 21st century is all about and the skills that we need to have as teachers or those things that we need to dwell much on in our classes. I have like a chart here in front of me that I say 65% of students in school will perform jobs that have not been invented yet. I know we've we'll probably, we'll probably had this over and over again that the students, about 65% of our students in high school today, we perform in jobs that have not been invented before. Yeah. In the last few years, let's say about 10 years ago, I'm not sure there was nothing like um, social media experts or maybe we had uh, like uh, AI experts or a data scientist or data engineer or, or what have you. So, and things will keep changing. And for the first 7% of current jobs are expected to be taken over by the machines during the next two decades. I know to some people, all these statistics look scary and what have you. And about 6.5 million new IT jobs will be um, around by 2022 and mostly in cloud-related fields. And on and unknown and on and on. So things are changing. The learning shift is happening now. So what do we need to do as educators? How can we better position ourselves to be sure that, yes, we are not um, doing a disservice to our students. The learning shift is happening now. COVID-19 just came around to probably hasten some of those things. Whether COVID-19 or not, those things that we're doing now, the things we're doing now, or what COVID-19 brought to our doorsteps will, would have happened, whether COVID-19 or not. Just that maybe it will have taken us more number of months or probably next year or what have you, but it will still happen. So the learning shift is happening now. And our students are even learning without us. So does that mean that our role are getting obsolete? No. Whether we're there or not, students are learning. During the COVID-19, schools were closed. 
Um, students were not able to go to school, even as teachers were not even able to step out of their houses and go to school. Despite the fact that the whole country was on lockdown, students were still learning. Some of them really were still learning. Some of them were surfing the web, uh, getting content here and there. Some of them were watching educational uh, programs. Some of them were attending webinars, even from teachers several miles away, thousands of miles away from different parts of the world. So your children, your students are learning with or without you. So does that mean that our roles are becoming obsolete? I said no. But we also need to be well positioned to be able to fit in in the landscape that is shifting. So the learning shift is happening now. We are now more focusing on teacher-led classrooms alone. We are now talking about project-based learning. See, we're moving from teacher-led classroom now to project-based learning. We're moving from traditional classroom settings where students are allowed to sit in rows facing the board and the teacher is standing, standing in the front, uh, facing the board, writing notes on the board, and appearing as the stage on the stage. We're not talking about flipped classroom. We're not talking about extending the classroom beyond the four walls of the buildings. We now have classes online. You do some in the class. Even when the students get back home, they are still in a particular group. Still interact with their teacher. So things are changing. We're moving from traditional classroom to flipped classroom. We're moving from independent learning to collaborative learning. The normal classroom sitting provides for independent learning. The student will need to sit on his own chair. I can remember even in my own secondary school, we had to go to school with our own chair. So I have my own chair and table, and I'll be sitting alone. I'll be covering my books when doing certain things in the class. But today we are talking about collaborative learning. We're talking about students coming together to share ideas. We're talking about students coming together to solve a problem. Students coming together to propose a solution to a real world problem. So these are changing from independent learning to collaborative learning, from individualized learning to student-centered learning. So the landscape is indeed changing. So what do we need to do as students, as teachers? How can we better position ourselves to be able to function effectively in this 21st century. So the next thing I have on my screen is, what does it mean to teach in the 21st century? What does it mean to teach in the 21st century? So we're talking about 21st century, 21st century. What does it mean to teach in the, in the 21st century? So I have another question before I delve into what I've prepared here. What new skills do administrators and teachers need to develop in your school? So that's a question for you. I'm expecting our feedback in the chat box. What new skills do administrators and teachers need to develop in schools today? That's the question. I'm expecting our feedback. I've dropped the question in the chat box. What new skills do administrators and teachers need to develop in your school. I think I cannot share my screen. Fantastic. All right. Can you see my screen now? Mr. Rafael, can you see my screen? 
Yes, we can see it. I can see Okay, it. okay, all right. So I think we've gone past this. Can see us. Okay. Okay. Gone past this. So the next question is the next question I have for you is what new skills do administrators and teachers need to develop in your school system? Just drop the question and your responses in the chat box. So what are those skills that you believe that teachers of today need? What are the skills? Just keep it coming. Somebody said technology. Chris T.A.Y. said technology. Um, Afusad said technology. Familias is saying administrators and teachers need to develop resilience. Okay, let's keep that coming. We still have um, a few more minutes to respond. Administrators need to develop, okay, to develop resilience, technology, technology. So what are the skills that teachers need? We need beyond technology. Technology is just even one of the skills. Technology is not the cake itself. It's like the icing on the cake. So it's not the cake itself. Gabriel, oh, Mr. Mekulei, nice having you here. Says technology, teachers need to learn how to collaborate with each other. That's fine. EdTech is saying creativity and innovation. Wow, creativity and innovation. Okay, so without wasting time, let's move on from there. So we've said a whole lot of things. We've talked about the skills that we believe our teachers and administrators need to develop in schools. I know this training is focusing largely on, on teachers, but at the same time, we teachers are the ones that will still climb up the ladder to be administrators. And I know a lot of teachers that have uh, complained of having issues with the administrators by the time they are trying to bring in innovation to what they do in the school. So administrators and teachers, too, they need all the skills. So there won't be crisis in the school when the teacher is trying to introduce a particular uh, skill or, or bring in new innovation into the school. So let's quickly look at this. The 20th century and the 21st century educator and student. In the 20th century, educators, uh, their job then was just to deliver content and information and assume that learning was a reflex of, or a reflex of teaching. They would just come into the class, stay in front of the class, dish out the instructions, and whether you like it or not as student, just grab as much as you can and the teacher leaves the class. I know today, a lot of teachers are still doing that. They go right into the class, they just say their own thing and they leave the class. And they just allow the student to just consume the content and information without even uh, applying all those things, without any opportunity of even asking questions at all from the teacher. The teacher will not even allow them to even contribute. The class is always quiet. The students are just uh, expected to sit on their seat and just be calm and listen to the teacher who is the almighty in the class, the only custodian of knowledge. But in the 21st century, the game is changing. The role of an educator should be to guide the students, should be to guide uh, the student process of creating intellectual outcomes. We want the students to do something. It is not about the educator this time around. It is more about the student. We've gone to school, we've studied, we've graduated, now we're in the class. It's time for the student. We want to help our students to actualize their own purpose 
to be able to develop their own ideas, to make them understand certain things, the processes, the method, so that they can on their own have a deep understanding of concepts, system theories, potentials, so that they also can become problem solvers. We don't want students that will just grab his content and information and then in the exam hall, they just pour it out in the exam hall without uh, being able to even query whatever the, uh, the information at their disposal. They should be able to query whatever information at their, dispos at their disposal. They should be able to apply knowledge. They should be able to construct knowledge. They should be able to uh, uh, synthesize knowledge and create things. So th that is the difference. We don't want our teachers to continue to play uh, the role of the sage on the stage, the master in the universe or in the class, and just relegate our students to uh, uh, radio listeners, where they just listen to information and they go. Because if the teachers um, can only provide content, if you believe our own role is just to provide content, facts, dates, formulas, uh, talk about uh, procedures and what have you, if we believe that is the only thing that we should be doing as teachers, to just give our research theories, stories, and information, then we can say our role in the life of our students are obsolete. If all we believe we should be doing is just to give them information, give them information, give them facts, give them our theories and what have you, then our role as teachers will be obsolete. Because students can find information on anything, anytime, anywhere. So we shouldn't just see ourselves as, uh, I have the knowledge, I just want to pass across information to my student. The student can get that information from anywhere and from everywhere. The internet is there, like the largest library in the whole world. They can get information from there. They can chat with anybody, anywhere, and they still get information. So our role as teachers is not just to give out instructions to our students. It's not just to share information with our students. We do more than that. So what are these roles that I'm talking about? So what it takes to be an effective teacher in the 21st century? So as a 21st century teacher, you might begin to look at what I have on the screen and begin to think and begin to assess yourself. You can begin to appraise yourself and see if you fall in this category. Our role as teachers should be to provoke student curiosity and give them that motivation to learn. You want to come into the class. You want to just drop one, one message and the entire class is scrambling around trying to think through what you've talked about trying to spark curiosity, your students are beginning to think beyond even the topic you've written on the board. Our role is to provoke student curiosity. Let's look at Nigeria. We are suffering a lot in Nigeria. There are a lot of problems in Nigeria, from power to a whole lot of things, from power to whatever. Problem is endless. We need people to help come up with innovations, creative ideas to solve this problem. So we need to help spark curiosity in our students, give them that motivation to learn. I know some teachers will tell you that the students are not ready to learn. When they come into the class, they just want to talk, they just want to make noise, they just want to do this and that. I want to say maybe we still need to look inward and see ways of motivating these students to learn. As teachers, we should be able to establish a safe and supportive, positive learning environment for our students. 
What do I mean by that? We don't make the classroom appear like a prison for our students, where they cannot even do anything, where they are not even free. You agree with me that if the student likes you as a teacher, if a student should like you as a teacher, there is every tendency that that student will want to listen to you more in the class. So there is nothing more that a student wants than a positive learning environment where they'll be free with you as a teacher, where they can ask questions, where they can relate with their peers, where they, they can easily express themselves, where they don't get shut down at every point in time. There was a lecturer back then, anytime she was in the class and she asked a question, even if you raise up your hand, you've not even spoken at all. The moment you raise up your hand, this lecturer will say, ah, what do you want to say? You've raised up, you've raised up your hand. You've raised up your hand, rather. So what do you want to say? What do you know? Do you even know anything at all? You did so do. The next class, every one of us just decided to just stay quiet and we kept moods. The woman kept asking questions. Nobody was ready to even raise up his hand until the end of our class and she would just leave and that's all. So we should make um, our classroom very fun for our students. We should be able to encourage cultural awareness and cultural sensitivity in students and encourage cooperation amongst our students. And most importantly, we should act as classroom facilitator. We should act as classroom facilitator, not just as, uh, as a teacher that will just go to the class and just uh, drop information and you leave. We should make students feel appreciated. I spoke somewhere, I think it was on Saturday, I told them that while, when I got a job, I was very young then, so one thing I did then was to show my student that I don't even know everything, that I'm also a learner, that I'm willing to learn. By doing that, the student will love to even share with you. They don't want to just uh, remain uh, in their shelves and say, I don't want to make mistakes. Let them know that you yourself, you are ready to, you can make mistakes and you're ready to learn. So this student will love that kind of environment that yes, I'll be appreciated. Whatever I do here will be appreciated. Then as a teacher, we need to have long and short-term plans. Long and short-term plans. Your professional development is your responsibility and you should be able to have a plan on things that you feel you want to learn in the next few weeks, in the next few months, in the next year. So what are the characteristics of this 21st century teacher? A 21st century teacher should be a good communicator. You should know how to pass information across to your student and not appear to be too rigid or to be too strict to your student. You should be a role model to your student. You should not just be the teacher that will send your student on an errand and tell the student to use his money or her money to buy you book or to buy you bread. No, let the student see you and say, yes, I want to be like you in the future. I think that is the best, um, uh, the best um, feedback you can get from your student. When your student can look at you and say, sir, I want to be like you in the future, then you should just go back home and kneel down in your bedroom and just say, Praise God. If your student will come up to you and say, I like you, so I want to be like you. I love the way you, you've been handling us. I want to be like you. Then you're doing the right thing. As a teacher, we should be a learner. Learning never stops. 
no matter your age, learning should never stop. We should continue to learn because things that you are familiar with several years ago are no more in place today. So you need to continue to learn and you need to be an adapter. A teacher should be ready to adapt to new things. You should be ready to adapt to new things because COVID-19 came and a lot of people are now using different um, video conferencing now from Zoom to Teams to Moodle to Google Meet, Google Meet and what have you. So you need to continue to learn and be ready to adapt. Whether you have everything in place, fine. If you don't have everything in place, you should still be able to move on. And a teacher should be a good collaborator. Amongst all these characteristics on my screen, I tell you my favorite day is being a collaborator because I've enjoyed a whole lot of things from people, from other teachers, from different parts of the world as a collaborator. You need to reach out to other teachers. Don't just say all your friends are the same set of people you sit together in your staff room or the same set of people in your own school. You need to have friends from different uh, all walks of life, teachers from different schools, from different backgrounds, from different countries, because that will help you. So all the skills that I've talked about, Microsoft summarized all these things into four. Four skills. We're talking about communication, talking about collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. And again, it was also blown up to like uh, six different skills under the 21st century learning design. So we'll be dissecting these six skills and we'll be a bit more practical and then see how we can use all this in our classroom. So I'm starting with the first one there, the collaboration. So how well do we allow our students to collaborate in our class? How well do we do this? Is this something that we feel uh, it's not necessary? Is this something that we feel, mm, I don't think it's possible because I have like 80 students in my class or because I have like 40 students in my class. Um, it will waste my time. It will give me a whole lot of stress. Talk to me. Is collaboration something that you feel you need in your class? When we allow students to collaborate, that is when our students are discussing an issue. Students work together to discuss an issue in the class. Maybe you just put something on the screen and you say, talk to your uh, the students sitting beside you, discuss this issue, then after one, two minutes, you will share whatever you've discussed with the entire class. So students should be able to come together to discuss issues. Students should be able to come together to solve problems. No matter how small the problem is, students should be able to come together to create the product. They want to design a flyer. They want to design something for the class. They want to create something from whatever subjects you're teaching, students should be able to do this. It is when they are doing any of those three that they are actually working together. There was a time I was teaching my student a particular topic, and at the end of the day, some of them came together and they developed a biogas plant. Another came together, they, they, um, they wrote a poem about global peace and shared with students from different parts of the world. One of them even made a song out of it. So our students should be working together. There are, there are a lot of things that they can actually do. When they work together, when they work together to solve problems or discuss issues, they share responsibility. 
they become more responsible. They know that they are like a piece in a jigsaw. And for everything to be um, to be fine, they need to play their own role. By the time our students understand what their responsibility is all about, it will even help them beyond school. By the time they leave school and they start to work, they understand their place in their place of work. They understand that they don't need to get to their office and, and be sleeping there while others are working. They know how to meet deadlines. They know how important it is for them to be able to play their own role. Even as a citizen, they understand that it is important for them to be able to work collaboratively with people around them so as to uh, make a change. So students make substantive decisions when they work together. You will want to say, okay, three of you will be in a group. Decide who will do this. Decide who will do this and who will do that. And leave the students to sit together, debate, negotiate, and agree on who is doing what in the class. This is a skill that is needed in 21st century. Collaboration is essential. So there are still some companies till date that even after COVID-19, they still haven't resumed back to their physical office. They are still working remotely. They still need to stay on Teams, for example, or Zoom or Cisco WebEx to still work as, as our colleagues. So collaboration is key. Nobody is an island of knowledge. Whether our students want to set up their own business, whether they want to work in an establishment, whether they want to um, start selling something, there is no way they will need to work with other people. So, and there is no subject that says uh, collaboration. There is no subject with uh, the topic collaboration. So it should be something that we embed in our everyday teaching in the class. Let the students understand the process. Let them understand that they need to learn how to listen to their peers. They need to learn the conflict resolution skill because there's no way they'll be working together and there will be conflict, but they will find a way of resolving that conflict. These are skills that is needed in 21st century. If all our leaders today, if they have all those skills, maybe we'll still be talking about Israel-Palestine crisis till date, and um, we're talking about um, Northern Cardinal and Southern Cardinal issues till today, because people will have uh, sat down, they understand that they still need to relate well with their peers. So let's bring it back to class now. So students and teacher, their collaboration can be in different forms. Student to student, student to teacher, teacher to teacher, schools to schools. So aside using email, how else might your students, uh, my student to student, student to teachers, and teachers to teachers want to collaborate online? So I need you to share with me, aside email, how do you ensure that your students still collaborate even after the class? How do you ensure that you yourself as a teacher, you collaborate with your students or you collaborate with other teachers? So drop your comments in the chat box. So aside email, aside exchanging email address with your student, email with your student rather, or with other teachers, how well do you collaborate with your students and with other teachers? So let's drop that in the chat box. So how well do we collaborate? Waiting for our responses. So don't tell me it's just email address. So how well do we do we collaborate with our teachers, 
with our students. Drop your comments in the chat box. Okay. Thank you. It's coming in. Uh, Dapos say, Kende says, use of online assessment to like quizzes. Okay, that's fine. Uh, let's have two more before we move on. So, how well do you collaborate with your student, or do you ensure that your student still work online now? So, aside email, aside you exchanging uh, email with them. So, how well do you teamwork? Etex say teamwork, uh, team working on online documents on a project. Fantastic. So, you can have our student work on Microsoft Word Online, for example, and they come up with their own content. They can even write a book. And all of them will just, somebody will just start with chapter one. Another person will just pick it up from there with chapter two. I remember a particular project I did just a couple of years ago involving about 65 countries. So we just, just an idea. We started it in my school here in Nigeria. And I involved a friend from India. And before we know it, it became like a book, a book with a dossier of uh, everyday life, life in the day of a student from 65 countries at the end of the day. So we can do what um, EdTech said. So let's move on. So the second uh, 21st century skill here is skilled communication. Skilled communication. What do we mean by skilled communication? You do this in your class when your students are required to communicate their own ideas. Your students are allowed to communicate their own ideas and even support it with evidence. So you want your students to do something. You now want them to back it up with evidence. Maybe you're like, okay, student, go back home. Why is it that um, we're still suffering from malaria in Africa? Then your student can go back home, um, do a lot of research, and at the end of the day, they want to come up with maybe a presentation or they want to come up like a short video documentary, or they want to do like a podcast. So, these are ways to promote skills as easy as having a class debate where your students will just um, uh, stay in group A and group B and the debate issue. So, it can even be something like that. And when uh, your student produce extended communication, uh, either a video, or paragraph, or podcast, a tweet, or even SMS. They are engaging in skill communication. That's one thing I love about uh, deploying remote learning application in schools. Students are in different groups. Take, for example, teams now. They can be in the group there, and they can chat. While they are chatting, they are improving their communication skills. You don't want to just post something in the group without going over it again as a student because you wouldn't want your other students to see your flaws. You wouldn't want them to see your wrong spellings and what have you. And they will just say, ah, no. You want to be double sure before you post anything in that group. So that's one other thing that it can do, uh, the uh, skilled communication. Also, Students should be encouraged to support their evidence, to support their claims rather with evidence. They need to support their claims with evidence. So it should go beyond, yes, we've done this, we believe uh, this is how it is, uh, without backing it up with evidence. We want students that are researchers, 
We want students that will be able to back up whatever they say with evidences. We don't want people that will come up with fake news, that will flood the social media with fake news here and there. We want them to be able to back up their claims with evidences. It is not, they don't need to wait till they get to the university before they understand what our research is all about. They can start doing that while in primary or even secondary school by ensuring that they do what uh, we're talking about the extended communication. Students should be encouraged, even in primary school, it could just be like a sketch, a sketch rather, drawing a few lines. They can create a short story by themselves. So skill communication is another nice uh, 21st century skills that our student needs. So the third one is knowledge construction. The third one is knowledge construction. How well do we allow our students to construct knowledge? I will go back and forth here. I will start from the Bloom's taxonomy of learning here. Although I've changed it in a way. So I know we are familiar with Bloom's taxonomy of learning. You have your knowledge, your comprehension, your application, analysis, synthesis, and evaluation. So in Nigeria, what we do basically most of the time is that we limit our students to the first, uh, the lower levels, the first and the second lower level, meaning uh, the application and the, I mean, the knowledge and the comprehension. We only encourage our students to give back to us. They will just ask them questions and they respond with uh, one line answer. We focus more on questions like, please mention what is. So these only focus on the lower uh, level of our Bloom taxonomy of learning. It's just to promote rote learning. But by the time students are moving beyond the lower order thinking skills comprising of the remember and the understand, by the time they get to the third, the fourth, fifth, and sixth, that is when they are actually trying to construct knowledge. We don't want them to just understand that um, there is what we call um, balanced diet. We want them to be able to apply it in their everyday life, not just to be able to cram it and just write it down in the exam. They should be able to apply it in their everyday life. Their child's law, Hooke's law, activities principle, and all those things that we teach in the class. How well can our students apply it in their everyday life? Quadratic uh, equation. Many of them don't even know that it relates to uh, the parabola in uh, bridges and buildings and rainbow and what have you. So we should be able to uh, allow our students construct knowledge. And how can we do that? This happens when students go beyond just producing knowledge. When they go beyond just giving you a direct answer like what is mentioned, list, defined, what have you. They should be able to, you should be able to ask them questions like why, how. This will get them to think. They'll be able to sit down and generate ideas and understandings that are new to them. Yes, you've taught them certain things in the class. This time around, you want to relate it with things happening around them. And you want them to be able to apply all those concepts. I can remember, still remember some of uh, the laws, the principles of physics or biology, some of them will turn them into some, and some other things like that. But I tell you, if you now ask me to apply it in a particular context, not some of, many of us won't even be able to do that. By the time we write our exam and we drop our pen, 
after like 10, 15 minutes, if they ask us to go back to the exam and retake the exam, wow, some will not even be able to perform the same way they performed earlier. This should not be only what we should be focusing on in the school. Our students should be able to construct knowledge. They should be able to interpret. They should be able to analyze and evaluate information. Use what we call their higher order thinking skills. These activities I put at the bottom here should take the bulk of the time. Should take the bulk of the time. Not just that we spend our, most of our time on um, lists mentioned, defined. Even the great Wahek that will still give kudos to today. I checked their section B or paper two this time around. Most of the questions there still focus on the lower order thinking skill. We promote road learning. If you can cram, then you'll be able to still pass because all you need to do is just to pour out all those things. And that does not mean you are creative. That doesn't mean that such a boy is, you know, is creative or has that uh, creativity. I know how to cram. Yes, I know how to cram. Give me like a book now of 40, 100 pages and tell me tomorrow I'll be examined. I'll tell you I can cram the entire book. I can turn it to a song, come up with formulas and what have you, and then pass the exam. But, but, but that doesn't make me um, um, innovative student. I will only be able to just pour out all those things. I won't even be able to relate all those things to things around me. So teachers, students should be constructing knowledge in our classes. It will help them. Let us begin to go beyond the remember and the understand level of the Bloom taxonomy of learning. Let's aim at the application, the analysis, the evaluation, and ultimately we want them to be able to create we want them to be able to come up with solutions to a problem. They are not too young to start coming up with solutions. Another thing is self-regulation. Self-regulation. During the COVID-19 lockdown, a lot of things happened. Even some students in higher institutions were not even doing anything. They could not sit down. They could not even plan what to do with their life. They could not even plan uh, what they need to learn. They could not even do anything. Self-regulation is key, which is the learning activity, the long-term learning activity. Students should be able to plan and assess their own work. They should be able to revise their work based on feedback. So we should encourage self-regulation. I know what we do most of the time in school is we give them tests and we we'll mark it. Maybe because of the population, we give them back their scripts and we rarely get back to the students individually to assess their, their progress and then give them feedback. We need to celebrate their wins. If a student has scored um, three out of 10, maybe such a student, the last time the student got one, but this time around, he or she has scored like two, three, or four. It's still a win. We should be able to give such a student um, um, feedback, let the student know that, yes, we can get there, we're going there. When students understand self-regulation, they'll be able to understand their own goals. They'll be able to understand what they need to do. They'll be able to even plan their own work. They'll be able to plan who they need to relate more with when and how to do all this thing. Self-regulation is key. Even for us as teachers too, we should be able to self-regulate. We should be able to draw out a plan. 
and, and, and analyze our own progress and revise whatever we do. The next skill is real world problem solving and innovation. This is very, very important. I can't even, we can't even just uh, overemphasize this. Students need to be able to solve real world problems in the class, no matter how little, no matter how small the problem is. Students need to learn how to solve real world problems. You are teaching statistics, for example, in the class. You want them to understand mean, mode, median, or you want them to do range, or you want them to do um, advanced analysis. Instead of them just using random set of numbers in the class, why not use the students in the class and come up with um, um, do like a male versus female, like uh, work on maybe their height or their age range and what have you. Let them begin to work on real world problem. You're teaching um, bearing. Instead of just saying find uh, the distance from point A to point B, why not find the distance from the principal's uh, office to the chemistry lab so that they begin to understand that all these things they are actually uh, learning, all these things they are actually doing, they can well apply them in, in real world problem. They can really apply them to things around them. I remember when I was in US, I needed to uh, visit a nearby Walmart. I was using the Mambo. Uh, I wasn't really, really getting uh, the necessary result. So I saw a young American guy. I saw a young American guy and I said, okay, I'm going to a nearby Walmart. And the guy said, uh, uh, after two blocks, turn Northwest and what have you, he just said a whole lot of things. And I was like, hey, Northwest, Southwest, turn uh, your 60 degrees and what have you. Wow. So. He, I don't know how well a student can understand or can really, really make such a and use all those various terminologies to describe places around us. And not just say, keep going, keep going. When you get to uh, the bridge, then you just turn left and what have you. We should be able to let them understand that all those things we are teaching them, they can actually apply them to solve real-world problems. In chemistry class, we use different chemicals salt is a chemical instead of them instead of us just making everything appear to be something way too advanced we can bring it down for the students to understand that even salt and using soda and using baking soda baking powder and what have you we can still perform some uh, um, some analysis to do certain things and relate all those things to things happening around them so your learning activities should require solving authentic real-world problems in the class. No matter the topic you're teaching, you can still look for uh, that small real-world problem that you want your students to solve. Because our students uh, uh, should be able to come up with solutions to real-world problems. This can happen when students complete tasks for which they do not already have a response. You see, it's quite different from them just cramming and giving out um, um, a response. They should work on solving real world. They should implement their own ideas, their own designs or solutions for audience. I remember a time I was teaching my student um, um, programming, and we made use of microbeats. 
one of them said, whenever they go on break, uh, students from other classes do come to their class to just play ball in their class and in the process damage their chairs and what have you. So it, two or three of them came together and they created like an alarm using that micro bit and they attach it to their door. So anytime they are leaving, they will just close the door. If anybody should just uh, go near their door, they kept the other part of uh, their micro bits in my own table. So anytime somebody moves closer to their door, I get like a signal in my own office that somebody's about entering their class. Their they, class. Are, they, are, they should be able to come up with ideas and designs to solve problems right from secondary school or even primary school. Use of ICT is another skill. I know when I asked question earlier, many of us uh, wrote um, technology, technology, technology as one of the skills that our teachers today should have. Yes, teachers should have uh, tech skills, but beyond the tech skills, they need to know how to apply all those tech skills. But this time around, I'm not even talking about teachers using tech. I'm talking about our students supporting knowledge, building knowledge, constructing knowledge, using technology. So I know if I ask you now, how many of you use technology in your class? Probably a whole lot of us will say, yes, I use technology in my class. In fact, we even have a smart board. In fact, I project my lesson on the screen. I create my lesson using PowerPoint. I project it on the screen. Students write from the screen. We are not even using blackboard or chalkboard or whiteboard in my school. Beyond that, what else? So I, that's why I put it here that the teacher's use of ICT to present materials does not count. Students themselves need to have a control over the use of ICT. They should be able to use ICT to complete part of their learning activity. They should be able to use ICT to build knowledge. The kind of activity should be impossible without the use of ICT. So our students themselves, they should be able to construct knowledge using ICT. Take, for example, the, um, the statistics that I mentioned earlier. Maybe after they must have gathered their data now, you now want them to use Excel, for example, to analyze their data, to come up with charts. And some of them that are way advanced can use maybe Power BI, for example, or they want to use Python or Tableau to still do their own kind of analytics. Even the that we started from the mathematics class now, now they are using technology to support that. So students should be able to use tech to support knowledge. It is not only in ICT class that students should have opportunity of using the computer. Hello, somebody is disturbing the class. It's not only in the computer class that... Okay, it is not only in ICT class that students should have opportunity of using the computer. It is interdisciplinary. They should be able to use technology in mathematics, physics, biology, even Yoruba. At least they can still use um, translator in Yoruba. You still have application that can help them with home marks and what have you. So students should be using technology to construct knowledge, to build knowledge in the class. It is not just enough for the teachers to be using the tech, but students themselves should be able to use the tech to understand some of those things that the teachers must have taught them. Okay, And by the time they use this tech, 
It helps increase their understanding and retention in all subjects. Our students can even go on virtual trip to different places. That's why I had these pictures here when my student went on virtual trip to uh, a friend, a colleague in, in Belgium, and were able to interact and share ideas and what have you. Students can even build their own village. They can even build their own village, maybe using uh, tools like a Minecraft or, or, um, or build designs using um, design applications out there. So students themselves should be able to construct knowledge using tech. They should be able to build knowledge using tech. These are some other things that students can do as regards using tech. MakeCode is another platform that students can use to um, understand physics, chemistry, music, mathematics, computer, not even just ICT this time around. Technology is not just for ICTs. Our students should be able to uh, construct knowledge using all these things. Even you know, there are platforms for them to learn how to ask them hard science, technology, engineering, and mathematics by building affordable, affordable project-based uh, project um, projects. They can do all these things using simple, simple things around them. So it's high time we started encouraging our students to uh, go beyond just what we do in the class. Let them see uh, why they need to understand what we are teaching them and how they can apply it in real world. So uh, we've looked at the six skills. We started from the collaboration. We started from collaboration. From there, we moved to the skilled communication. We talked about the self-regulation. Uh, we've looked at we've looked at um, the use of ICT. We've looked at real world problem solving. These are skills that our student needs. Let me just go back there. Knowledge construction and what have you. So all these skills should be part of our everyday teaching in the class because there are no subjects uh, bearing all these skills. And there is no way we can sit them down and say we want to teach them all this. So we should be able to apply all this in what we do in our everyday classes. So as I begin to round up, what is the future of the classroom? What is the future of the classroom? We are not there yet. COVID-19 came and a lot of schools went online. People started using Zoom, Google Meet, or some use WhatsApp, Telegram, Teams, Module, any different things at all. We are not there yet. We are still moving beyond that. So as teachers, as we are learning, as we are trying to develop our professional competency. We should still continue to look ahead because things will continue to change. Things will continue to change and we need to be better positioned for the change. So the future of the classroom with artificial intelligence, this was put together by Microsoft. So Microsoft is saying that in the nearest future, AI will even help the classroom overcome barriers in access to learning. And then, Individual, individual curriculum, personalized learning, teach and enhance future-ready skills. We have virtual environment where you can even be a teacher in Nigeria and you're even teaching somebody somewhere in Europe or even in Asia. That will even be what we call AI-assisted teacher. And 
able to better identify unique social and physical needs of our students. So things will keep changing. Things will need, keep changing. And as teachers, we need to embrace uh, professional development. So I appreciate what um, Taswed um, EdTech uh, COE is doing, coming up with webinars for our teachers. Because I did a, a small research, and I found out that in Nigeria, let me say Africa because I don't have the full data of what goes on in other African countries. In Nigeria, we don't have like a structured PD for teachers. We don't have like a structured professional development for teachers. I know of different countries in Europe from Hungary to, um, to even Israel to um, Finland. I know of countries that teachers must go on 30 hours professional development every year for them to be qualified for promotion, for them to be qualified for anything, they must continue to learn. So for us in Nigeria, there is nothing like that. And that shouldn't stop us from wanting to learn. So I hope we we'll had um, the head tech COE in our mail so that we continue to get feedback from them and get notified anytime they are coming up with another webinar. So as I'm wrapping up now, I want us to share with me. I haven't listened to some of those things that I've shared this afternoon. So what are your own key priorities going forward? What are the areas that you feel you need to improve on? And what are the steps that you feel you want to take? So after this webinar now, I don't want it to just be like another webinar and at We'll greet ourselves in the next few minutes and and that will be it. Then you go back to your schools or your class and you continue to do the same thing the same way. So what are the key priorities that you identify and what are the next steps that you feel you love to take as a teacher? So I want you to share that in the chat box. I'll be waiting for that. I'd love to have feedback from almost every one of us here now. So let's drop that there. I will listen to the webinar. So what are your own key priorities, areas that you feel you need to improve on, and the steps that you think you need to take as soon as possible? So let's continue to drop that there. So what are your key priorities and your next step? What are your key priorities and your next step? Um, it's in where I say getting better with my digital skills all around. Yes, that's fine. Getting better with your digital skills. We need to just continue to learn because a whole lot of things will keep coming up. So while we are dropping that there, I'll say thank you once again to EdTech COE for the opportunity. So I'll still be waiting here for our questions if we have any questions that you want me to respond to. So I want to hand over back to you, uh, Mrs. Rofiat. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Adeko, for the wonderful session with so much information and learning so much new things to learn. Yeah, I can see that you've gone so deep into the uh, 21st century skills for education, collaboration, which is kind of embedded in teaching, not, not taught as a subject, and the skilled communication. That was skilled. 
it's a it's a key a keyword. Skilled communication meaning that you have to be creative with your communication using all the tools available to you, like a video, a podcast, and a blog, adding pictures to read and a video with text and all of that. So I take note of this of the key word in it. It's not just communication because everybody can communicate, but our skill is your communication. So that's what I took out of the 21st century skills that include uh, communication. Then you went into the knowledge construction and focusing on bloom tax taxonomy. And highlighting what we normally do in Nigeria, which is give and take, you know, you, uh, you learn from the teacher and then you learn to remember and then you give it back. Instead of actually going up to the uh, highest level of bloom taxonomy to apply what you've learned. So most of our education is we, we learn to remember, possibly understand, and then we give it back to pass exams. But then how do you apply? So uh, one of the skills, uh, most, the most important skills that our teacher educators need to take note is how could we move up the Bloom taxonomy to include actually creating from the knowledge that we get from teaching? We how to apply, analyze, and evaluate. That is very important key that I've taken from you as well. And also self-regulation. I know you made the COVID period uh, a, an example in point of where self-regulation is important. Now that everything is at a standstill, what do I do? How do I assess myself as a person? And what do I, how do I feel for a 21st century educator? Then uh, real world problem solving with uh, an innovation skill, which is also very, very important. In our education system in Nigeria, we learn, but how to apply those knowledge is almost non-existent. Unless of course, you know, you uh, go to specialist school where they actually teach you how to. So when you were talking about the Pythagoras theorem, how it's applied to all the different areas that you thought. Even I don't know when I was in school. We never were told, were taught how to apply it. We only know. So not the application. Then the use of ICT. This is very important. Use of ICT across curriculum. Not just within the classroom of uh, ICT. I want to learn ICT. I want to learn how to uh, use Microsoft Word, but how do you actually use that uh, skill, your IT, ICT skill to support your learning, to create knowledge and to construct knowledge. So that is also very important point that I've taken out of your presentation today. And uh, I think I don't want to repeat everything you said. I'm just trying to recap what I've learned. And I hope that everybody else have learned as much as I have learned in this. I'm not here more collaborative learning experience for me. I'm learning as much as you 
uh, participants are also there. So thank you so much, uh, Mr. Adiepo, for the uh, important uh, knowledge and information that you have passed on to us. And then you go on to the, what the future classroom is going to be like. So I want to implore everybody here today that Mr. Adiepo, an ex-student of Tasswed, has given us valuable information about the 21st century skills in teacher education. And you really need to go back to it and uh, make sure you learn it and see why, where you can apply. One of the important things uh, towards the end of his uh, presentation, he said, we do not have teachers in Nigeria. That is, that is very true. So these are the opportunities that you will learn to know what are the key areas that you as a teacher in the 21st century need to concentrate on. Your curriculum, your teaching, I think I'm going to ask that question when uh, during the question time, because there's something I want to ask relating to this uh, uh, this 21st century skills and also the teacher curriculum. So thank you so much, Mr. Adef. I don't want to take any more time. So um, the next session is we want to ask questions. Anyone ask any question to ask Mr. Adef before we call it a day? Please. Any question? Yeah, I, I think question? I, there are questions in the chat box. Maybe should I just go ahead to respond to the questions? Yes, please do. Okay, so before responding to the questions, so that you know I'm still going through uh, your feedback to my last question. Um, Familiar is saying, okay, please can the recording. Okay, I think this is Rafael will sort that out. Um, Basura is saying, improve more on student collaboration and application, fine. Uh, David Oluwadara, teacher professional development is the primary responsibility of teachers. I take minimum of 20 units of CPD timely. Wow, good for you. Gabriel Mekule is saying, okay, can I have the document? I'll share that with um, it's EdTech COE so they can probably share with you. Um, Fumilaya is saying she needs to be able to allow students to construct knowledge. Um, so there are two questions from idea for NGO. Number one question is saying, uh, what are your suggestions on how to integrate 21st century into our curriculum? Okay, what curriculum there now? We know curriculum is, in Nigeria, it's been drafted by the NDRDC, yes, okay. but at the same time, different state governments or different schools, they still have opportunity of tinkling with this, um, the curriculum. They can still uh, work with it and try as much as possible to infuse certain things into it. So even if the state government has not done anything with the curriculum, I'm not talking about the particular states now, because I'm aware a whole lot of work is ongoing as regards that of open states. Even if what you have has no element of 21st century, yourself as a teacher, you don't even need to have it uh, added to your scheme of work your lesson plan probably spelled out there that you are, you are trying to introduce 21st century is the way you present your lesson in the class. So when you're talking about 21st century, when you make students collaborate in class, you don't even need to write anything in the curriculum or in the scheme of work or, or what have you that's 
spelled out, that spell out what you're going to be doing in the class. You are in your class. Okay, guys, I'm putting you into a group of three. So let's think about this particular concept. And after two minutes, we'll come back and we'll share ideas about it. You've done something around collaboration. Okay, guys, this is a project for the entire class. And you'll be submitting at the end of the term. And you're working in a group of three. And this is what you're going to be doing. You're going to be designing uh, a flyer to campaign against um, um, dropping off waste in the community. Maybe you've taught them something in biology or, or social study or what have you. That's in a way you've introduced collaboration, you've introduced reward problem solving, you've introduced knowledge construction because these guys will need to think over what they're supposed to do and they come up with something. So you don't really need the area themselves up there to now put all these things into their curriculum. By the way, if you look at the curriculum very well, it's captured some of these 21st century skills we are talking about. Yes, I know there have been a lot of discussion about our curriculum is obsolete and what have you. But I have a question. The one we have at the moment, how well do we even do justice to it? The same curriculum we are complaining about. If you look at the curriculum, you'll be shocked as to what you have there. A whole lot of things are there. They will even encourage you to take your student on a field trip. They will put it there. But we know the practicability of all these things is usually the issue. So you can as well integrate it in your own class. You don't even need to argue with anybody. I'm not sure any principal will say, why are your students working in peers? Or will say, why are you allowing your students to express themselves in the class? Or they will say, why are you doing all this in the class? They know you are a professional. And the way you carry yourself, the way you go about your own teaching is largely your own responsibility. And the second question is saying, how practically is it possible for teachers to adopt some of these 21st century skills in a 30, 40 minutes lesson plan? I, I said that earlier on, I've been teaching for about 16 years now in a public school where you have about 70, 80 students in the class and you have 40 minutes and you still do all those things. So having your students to just turn to their peers and discuss issues around two, three minutes, it depends on how you've planned your work. At times, a full class would just be for discussion in my class. I won't even teach anything. I won't even do anything that day. It's just going to be me and the student talking about, we'll just speak on a particular problem and people, all of them will start coming up with things. So it depends on how you are able to manage your time and how you are able to understand the 21st century and how to integrate it. So you can actually do that. Well, Zachariah says collaboration with puppies and colleagues. Okay, I think there is a poll here for us to complete. I think I've answered the two questions that I have in the chat box, except we have more questions. Okay, I have a question or two to ask you. No more questions from the participants. Can I go ahead with my question? All right. Go ahead, ma'am. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, just before then, I just want to ask all of you here, could you please complete the polling? I've posted the link again. Please do complete the um, polling. It will take just a minute. Thank you. Okay. Uh, my question is, uh, it's actually related to what you just answered from them. How do you, but I thought to, because when you are saying um, the 21st century skills, we don't have it uh, well uh, integrated or included in the Nigerian education curriculum. And this is an international recognized skills that we must, it's a life skill. Uh, the, uh, the previous webinar we have, which uh, Mrs. Uh, Dr. Uh, Olu, Olu she mentioned when we were talking about the gaps in education that was she was addressing the gaps in teacher education in nigeria and one of the area that she pointed was the life skills which is she explained as the 21st century skills which is very important for uh, for teachers to have in education, but we haven't got it officially or uh, in included within the Nigerian education curriculum at the moment. Or they are still working on it, like you said. Yeah, but if people can just include these, or teachers can just go beyond uh, outside of the official training to acquire these skills. But how do you measure it? Because what you don't measure, you don't know the impact of. So how do you measure, how do you know, how do you assess the 21st century skills that a teacher have and that what level of competency do they have to have in the 21st century skills for them to be able to teach or to be com uh, con considered as competent to uh, in the 21st century. So you know what we are talking about here is teacher education. We are not talking about the students because we know the teacher are at the center of the shift that you just mentioned in the beginning that we have in education now. They are the one that will be, if they are not having or they don't have an organized way of of acquiring the skills that is necessary to make the shift. How do we uh, measure it? You know, that's what, uh, I don't know if my question makes sense. So is it's there sorry, an indicator for the level of competency a teacher is supposed to reach to be considered competent in the 21st century education? This is the question that I've written down while preparing this uh, webinar. So it's kind of, I wanted to change it to fit into what you delivered, but I don't know how to do it. Maybe, maybe you'll be able to okay. yeah, give me an answer. That's fine, man. There are several ways that teachers can try to assess themselves and see how they fit in into these 21st century schemes and what have you. One of them is taking um, courses. There are free courses online that they can take. And at the end of the courses, there are form of assessment that they can as well do to check whether they are on the right on the right track. I know there is a course on Microsoft Education on 
education.microsoft.com platform, which is free, the 21st century learning design. It's like a 10 module course. So teachers can take the course for free and take the assessment afterward. While I was explaining professional development of teachers earlier on, I said, that is one thing, one great thing that I would love to see in Nigerian education where we can actually have like a structured professional development uh, guide for teachers rather than just tell the teachers to find their levels to just attend webinars or training on their own and try to acquire all these skills if we can really say we want to do um house what do they do the doctors they do house job or yes house job now doctors do house jobs after they are after they're done with medical school. You said what, ma'am? I was going to say houseman. Houseman, yes, yes. For them to still acquire skills and do all these things and to learn because it's a form of learning for them. So in Nigeria, I'm looking forward to when we have that structured professional development for our teacher. And part of all the things that we're supposed to learn there will probably be this 21st century yeah, so learning design course where teachers can actually take this course and they can then give them case scenario for them to, to assess whether they are kind of ready. Because when you take these courses on, on let's say, uh, Microsoft site, for example, and you take the exam, the exams are case-based. The exams are not just a one-line question where you just pick answer and what have you. They'll give you case-based scenario. Assuming you are a teacher and you are teaching history, for example, and you have 100 students and you want to make sure your student work with another set of students from a particular country, what are you going to do? So this case scenario, we build up the teacher's confidence. The teacher will have faced a lot of case scenario similar to whatever they might come across in their classes. So these are things that teachers can do. If government is not doing it at the moment, I do say, teachers should just take charge of their own professional development because nothing says there is no rule that says everything I know now, I must use it in that my present school. Tomorrow I can leave my present school and move up and go somewhere, somewhere to explore. So I will still go with all my skills and all those things that I've acquired. So I don't want that teachers to just drop the ball and say, because government is not sending me on courses, government is not training me, or my employer is not doing enough, then I just want to sit back. You'll be doing yourself a disservice because you need to take charge, continue to learn because you can never tell where that will take you. And the more you gain all these 21st century skills, the more you even enjoy teaching in your class, the more you, you'll be able to make the teaching fun for yourself and for the student. So for teachers, we just need to continue to learn and find different, attend webinars like this, attend physical training, uh, look for means of learning. Because for now, I don't know, it's possible I'm wrong. I don't know of any structured, any structured training for teachers to address 21st century. I don't know too, even our colleges of education and our universities, the Department of Education, I really wish something that they make compulsory their education courses. If possible, they are, the, the material is out there. The entire course curriculum is out there on 21st century. 
why can't the different education departments take this and use it like a course in their school, the colleges of education, the universities of education, because they produce the teachers. So if all the teachers have gone through these courses in their universities, then fine, then they will be able to just get out of the university and, and, and swing into action and blending in very well to the 21st century teaching and learning environment. These are things that I'm kind of thinking up in my head around that now. So it's not something that one person will just uh, say he or she has a solution for at the moment, but we all just need to continue to work together and see how we can position ourselves. You are right, Mr. Deco. We need to work together, collaborate, and uh, support each other in integrating all the necessary skills that the teachers need to, to have in order to be the best as uh, they can be as educators and teachers of the future generation. And uh, thank you very much for the time you've given us to go through this uh, uh, this uh, topic and uh, the justice you've done to it. There's a lot I really want to talk about or to point out about this uh, topic, but uh, we leave it to when we start uh, chatting and talking more about this uh, topic again, because we are going to have a podcast of this out, maybe sometimes next week, and then we have a, a, a website where we will be chatting and looking through all the uh, webinars that we've had in the past and discuss make lots of discussions about it and see how we can take things forward from there. So a big thank you to Mr. Deco for the session for today. Uh, the 21st century skills in teacher education is highly important that you have highlighted to us. And I hope that the information and knowledge you shared with us to make a shift in ensuring that our teacher education process integrates the 21st century skills for a better outcome at all levels of education from the nursery up to the university. So we thank you, Mr. Adelko, once again, and everybody in attendance, thank you very much for coming and participating. And uh, we look forward to having you around again on the next webinar next month, the same day, last Thursday of the month, every month, we will continue to have this webinar as long as we exist here. So thank you very much for coming, Mr. Adelkov, and uh, thank you to everyone that uh, attended.